This is the Power Aesthetic Podcast. Today we are talking about commitment, loyalty, honor, dedication, and devotion. This past weekend, I had the uh, distinct pleasure and the great honor to perform the ritual for the wedding of two of my very dear friends, uh, one of the members of my organization, the Wolves, and his longtime uh, girlfriend or old lady. And, you know, as we were preparing the, the wedding ritual together and going over all the details, it, it puts you in mind uh, where you start to think very sharply about having to talk for a while about what commitment means in the context of a marriage, sure, but also in the context of commitment in general, uh, of loyalty in general, of, of what it means and, and what that means for, for both the individual entering into the commitment, what it means for the couple, the people committing themselves to one another, and what it means for the community that you're a part of. And sort of as an outcropping of that, I, uh, be, because so many of my brothers and sisters were there from all over the country this weekend to celebrate with the, uh, the happy couple, I just thought all weekend about the concept of commitment, different commitments, and what, what they mean and, and how, to, how to live them, how to live up to them. It's such a heavy weight. And you know, as I was delivering the, the opening sort of speaking bit, for the wedding ceremony, we, I talked about the idea for a while that there are these huge crossroads in every individual's life. And the most important of these crossroads, the most important of these moments that sort of make up the greater narrative, the, that sort of hammer in the, the, the foundation points and the, and the big angles sort of of our architecture and our geometry of, of the narrative of our lives are when we take on specific commitments because it creates it creates this point in our story in our lives where by choosing to willfully open this one door and walk through it we have closed countless other doors to ourselves by our own decision by our own will we've willingly closed all these other doors because we've said in the moment that we made that commitment all of these other things are now off limits to me. They are all going to be unknowns to me. But this one thing that I've committed myself to, I'm going to be able to experience at the absolute highest highs and lowest lows because I've fully uh, entered into this commitment with my eyes wide open and with my heart completely on task. And so as we went through the ceremony, we had a beautiful weekend together, um, an, an amazing time was had. And, you know, so it left me thinking about all this stuff. And, and I started to think, you know, of all the things that people say that they're committed to or, or claim to be committed to, how committed are they? You know, people commit themselves to by, by their words, to religions, to belief systems, um, to other people, to communities, to job functions, to, to nations, uh, depending on high, how, how high up the, the hierarchy or whatever of bureaucracy and so on that you go forth. And, and how much can they mean them? How much do they mean them? How much does the average individual truly commit themselves? You know, most marriages, uh, most marriages fail. Most promises get broken. Most commitments are not kept. And the reason that most marriages fail, the reason that most commitments are not kept, the reason that people say a million things and do another is, is an erosion of character. And I think an erosion of the understanding 
of what commitment means. Commitment at its core is the way that honor is obtained. I think that if you ask a million different people to define that word honor, they'll give you a million different answers. Uh, Most of them probably will be very uncertain of how to proceed with a real definition of, of what it means. But honor is derived from loyalty. Honor is derived from commitment and it's derived from all the situations that that commitment places you in where you have to make a choice between upholding your commitments and the things that you said you were loyal to and not doing so. The honor grows from the upholding of the covenant. The honor is eroded and deteriorated by not upholding the covenant, whatever that covenant is. And so we can look at this in in really simple ways. And and what I decided to do on today's podcast is is to try to gain a real understanding of of these various types of commitments and and how we can ensure that we not only maintain those commitments, but that we sort of squeeze the most benefit as possible out of them, because there is absolutely a benefit to these things. There's so many things that you can be committed to, but you're not committed to anything until you make some kind of promise to, to commitment to that. And, and a lot of that comes down to what you say, not externally, but what you say internally. I think these internal commitments are some of the most important that we can make. And the reason is this, they are not said to anyone else. They are only said to ourselves. A lot of people think this is an out. Well, I didn't say it publicly. No, you said it to yourself which should be the most important commitment and loyalty that you should ever uh, put your your weight on, that, that should be the weightiest. Because if we break our word to ourselves, this is where real weakness comes from. Real weakness comes from saying something to ourselves and breaking it and saying, well, it doesn't matter because I didn't say it to anyone else. You've broken a promise to yourself and that sets you up to break more promises to yourself. Even even on something that, that seems so simple, so unimportant as I said I would do 30 minutes of cardio and I quit at 20 minutes. Th- this seems like it's not that important, but actually it is very important. Our day-to-day things that seem to be less important are some of the most important things we can do because they set our framework. If we half-assed our commitment to something as simple as that, how much less will we be able to maintain a commitment to something greater, something much more difficult? We set habits and commitment, just like most other things in this life, is a habit. If we say something, even just to ourselves internally, we have to get in the habit of keeping it. This habit of keeping our word internally and externally is what grows our honor. And honor, despite you know being sort of an, an atavistic or archaic term to a lot of people isn't it's it's probably more vital of a term to understand and to try to adhere to in our day and age now than ever before because words like honor nowadays are are seen as kind of heavy-handed sort of like hyperbole like a joke something someone would only use ironically Uh, but i don't use the word ironically it's one of the words that i i hold to be the most sacred uh, alongside loyalty. And I believe like everything else, as I stated, it starts within. We have to begin by keeping our word to ourselves. 
If we can't keep our word to ourselves, we can't keep our word to anyone. Just like if we can't have self-discipline and self-control, we can't control anything externally either. Real understanding of any pursuit can never come without real commitment to that pursuit because real commitment leads to hardships. It leads to heavy decisions. It leads to the harsh reality that oftentimes in order to keep a commitment, we have to break something else. This is one of the reasons why it does uh, behoove us to not take on too many commitments because we are ultimately going to break our word on one of those commitments if we take on too many. It's best to have very few commitments in life and to be able to discharge those commitments um, absolutely excellently um, and, and with absolute loyalty and focus and devotion. So I've broken this down into a couple of points. There is at, at sort of the base level, there is commitment to a pursuit. Okay, If we decide that we are going to be committed to a pursuit, what that could look like is if I say I am going to practice my art um, with, with a total commitment. I'm going to take X number of minutes every morning and I'm going to commit myself to to drawing, to painting, um, but also to learning about art, to immersing myself completely in the the art form that I've chosen. Uh, Again, as I've said, a a real commitment means a total immersion. You can't understand anything without being completely immersed, fully committed. So I'm going to completely immerse myself in art, totally. It's going to make up and and it's going to to color and and tint every part of my being. I'm going to start to perceive the world through the worldview of a painter or, or a, you know, whatever, an architect, whatever it is. My brother and my, my parents and I were talking at the dinner table the other day that people who have committed themselves, who have immersed themselves totally into a pursuit, begin to see rewards from that commitment, um, especially years down the road, as they start to understand that their entire worldview can be almost explained or learned on a their commit their their chosen commitment can give them a deeper insight into the world through the application and the understanding of that commitment in other words let me let me explain myself a little better say i'm a carpenter after years of commitment and devotion and immersion in carpentry the way that i'm going to explain and, and have insight into the world around me is through the eyes of a carpenter. I may explain things by, by telling people, okay, you know how when you have a two by four and, and the grain on it is warped or whatever, how it, it twists up the whole structure and that if that two by four is warped, then it puts the other side of the two by four a little bit out. And from that being a little bit out of square, then the whole thing goes out of square. That can be a way that I could explain uh, lacking commitment to the smallest seeming daily commitments that ultimately put my whole life out of square. So in other words, we start to gain these deeper understandings through what we have devotion to. You talk to a lot of high-level jiu-jitsu guys and they'll explain almost every aspect of life uh, through the jiu-jitsu. And, and likewise for anyone else who has a commitment to anything else, poetry or whatever. So we start to get insights from these types of commitment. And in order to say that we're truly committed to something, we have to ask ourselves the question, do we stay pursuing our devotion to this thing that we said that we are devoted to when things are difficult? 
Um, there's a beautiful Tolkien quote that I, I, I hope I won't get wrong, but maybe I'm paraphrasing where it says, faithless is he who says farewell when the road darkens. And, and this is true of anything. Uh, if, I, if, if things get difficult with jujitsu or I feel like I'm not learning as fast as I feel like the universe fucking owes me or, you know, if I feel like things are especially hard that month or I'm just, oh, I'm not enjoying it. It's not fun right now or I'm banged up or whatever and I, I, I stop showing up. You know, then I'm not really committed. And I and I, I love the old it's like the old straight edge hardcore term. If you're not now, you never were. Uh, we use it, this in my organization a lot. People will say, wasn't that guy a former member of the Wolves? No, if he's not now, he never was because he doesn't understand what true commitment is, because if he's not still here, then he never understood the commitment he took on. So he never truly was in the Wolves in his heart. Uh, we don't accept that. So commitment is about doing things at their most difficult. Uh, and then you will reap the highest rewards from them because you will be able to reap the highest insights, the highest joys. You will never understand what it feels like to meddle in competition at jiu-jitsu if you aren't committed enough to train hard enough to go compete um, and, and go win medals at, at Pan Ams or at Worlds or something like that. Um, likewise, for your craft, you'll never know what it feels like to, to attain these, these benchmarks, these higher levels of understanding of the art. You know, the, the Hindu, um, some, some forms of Hindu belief believe that there is an indwelling female spirit in almost any art, in almost every pursuit, who does not reveal herself, who does not remove her veil to those who are not fully committed. And once she feels the full commitment, then she opens up the inner secrets, the deeper secrets of the art to those who are, are truly devoted to its practice. And I've always thought this was a very beautiful idea. So, we can, we can commit ourselves to a pursuit and that's sort of the, the basic level of things. And it will lead us to all sorts of other things because it will begin to sort of dominate our lives and, and color every aspect of our lives. But then we have this other type of commitment that is committing ourselves to, to a person uh, or to a group of people. You know, we, and we see this in, in marriage. We've often talked in my organization about the fact that being in an organization like ours that involves taking an oath and and taking on a code of conduct, a code of behavior that has to be rigidly adhered to. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of things, quote, on the oath or, quote, on the patch, which means that if you don't do that, then that means your membership. That means your place in the circle. And this is taken very seriously because our commitment in our organization is a lifelong commitment. That doesn't mean that it's, um, it's always adhered to. It means that the people who understand the commitment are committing themselves to a lifelong adherence to a code of conduct and a way of life. And it's the same for marriage, for, for a good marriage. And I say this as someone who was married and had a failed marriage. Having a failed marriage is saying I failed to uphold uh, an oath that I made, no matter how difficult things got. I, I failed to make things work. Obviously, it takes two to tango, um, but you know, it's the goal of anyone who takes an oath to, to ensure that it does not fail, no matter how difficult things get. Um, but there are, there are certain parameters there when you can honestly say if the other person is not upholding their end of the bargain, then the oath is broken, the covenant is broken. Uh, and there are certain things, certainly, that I would recommend uh, people understand that break the oath on one end and make it so that you are no longer beholden to that person because they've chosen to shatter that bridge between the two of you. 
but with commitment to a group or to another person and and you know here I will I will tangentially for a moment discuss this concept of tribe tribe is a word that and I've said this before in articles that I've I've come to somewhat despise or 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 distrust when I hear because oftentimes nowadays this word tribe is used it's used in such a fucking insidious and disgusting way for marketing you'll see a million marketers out there that'll say you know join the tribe be part of my tribe uh you know part of the so-and-so blah 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 brand tribe um i think it's a an absolutely vile use of the word and and not only that it doesn't mean anything because that's not what tribe means you can't say that you and a group of your buddies who get together a couple times a month is a tribe a tribe shares language. A tribe shares culture. A tribe produces culture. They can be seen uh, in, in the art forms that they produce, in the exports that they have. They truly create culture. They truly change the ecosystem around them because of their tight links to one another and because that kind of lifestyle cannot help but to produce its own culture, its own initiated speech, um, its own slang, its own everything. And your, your group of friends who get together to watch the big game or to go shoot together, that's not a tribe. I'm sorry, but that's not what that is. That's, that's a group of friends. If there is no inside outside, if there is no understanding that, yes, this individual is a part of this culture and no, this individual is not a part of this culture by nature of some kind of spoken agreement, commitment or oath, that is not uh, anything but a group of acquaintances, a group of associates and they don't produce culture. Um, a lot of people write about this. There's a lot of people out there right now that write about the ideas of, of masculinity, of monarbund, about tribe, and they don't understand shit about it because they don't actually exist in that world. They don't live in that world. Maybe they've tried to live in that world and they failed to live in that world um, because it's not a cute word. It is commitment at the highest level and it's commitment at the most difficult level. It's oftentimes at the most frustrating level um, and it is it is very difficult to maintain. In our organization, we've maintained it for now almost 15 years um, with several of the original members still here, but many of the other ones gone by nature of the difficulty of upholding that and how hard it is to maintain, to compromise, and to understand that a relationship like that is like a marriage, but like a marriage to dozens of people. It's difficult. It's the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, and I expect it will be the hardest thing I ever do with the rest of my life. But that when we're committed to something like this, we have to understand that it comes first. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. I have three older brothers. Only one of them is in my organization. I love my older brothers very, very much. I love my organization very, very much. And I have an oath in place to that organization. And what that puts me on is a path that I hope I'll never have to choose between but that that commitment weighs very, very heavily on me, you know, and, and tribal members, you know, I, I can tell a story and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm always very conscious of dry snitching. Um, so I, I tell chosen selected stories about things that sort of illustrate this, you know, I've had, I've had brothers that I've had to call 
in situations of what I would call the highest levels of stress and difficulty to call on a brother for, uh, where you tell them, I need you to go somewhere with me and I need you to come there with me uh, armed and we might not come back from it. And if we do come back from it, then we might wind up incarcerated over it. And, you know, the brothers that I've asked uh, have, have without a moment's hesitation said, okay, when do you need me to meet? Where are we going? And I'm really glad that you called me because I would have been furious if you hadn't asked me. That's loyalty. You know, that's brotherhood. And it's not always those extreme situations that it shows up in. Loyalty also shows itself just through consistency, being there, being present. And this is the same whether we're talking about a marriage, whether we're talking about a pursuit to a martial art or a craft or to a, a group. It's because knowing that being there is half the battle, being present. I, I think about the, the fathers that I've seen with their children, which is also a, an absolute commitment. Um, and something that I've seen abandon their commitment to. Um, and, and it affects not just them, but affects future lives. Future generations are fucked up by people's lack of ability to maintain their commitment. And I think that a lot of the best fathers that I've seen are the fathers who are just present there in their kids' lives, but are present there with an example to follow. Not just being Mr. Mom and, and being around the kid, um, you know, and watching TV, but of being consistently present in that child's life as the most powerful example of what a man can and should be. Then I think that beyond those other things, I believe lies the highest type of commitment, which is commitment to an ideal. I've talked about this before where I don't believe that orthodoxy means much. And I don't mean that as the religion. I mean that as the word. Uh, correct belief. I don't believe <laughs> that belief is the be-all and end-all. I believe that the, the discharging of the belief, the, the visible practice of the belief is the only thing that matters. And to me, that's what commitment to an ideal means. To be committed to a higher ideal, a higher concept, a higher way of living, it doesn't matter what you say. Saying something is not a commitment. Showing up for it is a commitment. You know, there's great stories in the Bible about this, about, you know, the two sons, one who says he'll be there and isn't, and the other one who doesn't say shit, but who just shows up. Um, and, and this can be seen in a million different stories and parables. It's about, uh, as I'm fond of saying, you know, it, it's not always about who's best. It's about who's left. You know, who's there first and who's there longest? You know, who, who's, who's still there uh, when everybody else has dropped off? Well, that's the strongest. That's the best. And this is true of an ideal as well. Ideals can sometimes be the most difficult things to fight for because they're the easiest to uphold when it's easy and they're the hardest to uphold when it's hard. And we are entering into a time where what you believe, um, and, and by that, again, I mean what you show you believe in the way that you live your life can get you in a shitload of trouble. Believing the wrong thing right now and acting in tandem with that belief, exclamation mark, uh, not shit posting on the internet, wasting your time fucking arguing with people that you've never met before, but living in line with those ideals that you've chosen to live by, depending on what they are, can get you incarcerated in some countries, uh, can get you completely bankrupted in, in the social capital of the, the world out there, can get you fired from your job and so on and so forth. I'm going to say something that's probably super uh, <laughs> controversial here that's going to make a lot of people mad, but I hope you understand the way I mean it. 
I think some of the only religious people that I have any respect for are fanatics. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people claim to believe and claim to adhere to a religion who go to church on Sunday or whatever, but they don't really show that religion in a lot of other areas of their life. And then I remember watching a documentary on ISIS and uh, one of the guys they're interviewing, you know, he's in a truck and they ask him what he believes about this verse or that verse in the Quran. And he says, I don't, I don't even read the Quran. I don't need to read the Quran. My imam reads the Quran and he determines the meaning for me because I have faith in him. I believe that he's a voice, uh, a, a mouthpiece for God. And I don't have time to pour over and try to understand the Quran because my calling is jihad. And, you know, he says, I know when I'm closest to God and that's in the middle of a firefight. And I thought to myself, do I believe in what I say I believe in as much as that guy? Can I say that I'm as devoted to the things that I've claimed devotion and loyalty to as that person is? Because he's ready to die for it every single day. He's ready to kill for it every single day. And not only is he ready to die for it, he's ready to live for it, which I think is probably maybe, maybe more difficult. I don't know. How many of us get called on, on a day-to-day, to die for what we believe in? to put our asses on the line, to put our money where our mouth is, to put our beating heart where our mouth is, our lifeblood. This is what it means to to uphold an ideal. And so I think that just to recap, everything starts from within. Everything starts with keeping our word to ourselves and understanding that honor is built in saying that our word is our bond and that the people that we've committed ourselves to That's the covenant. That's thicker than the water of the womb. It's more important than anything. And that the ideals that we've committed ourselves to, are we ready to be fully committed to them? And I want to wrap this um, with a a quote from from Oswald Spengler. I, I think this is one of the most beautiful and poignant quotes about the idea of duty that I've ever read before. He says, We are born into this time, and must bravely follow the path to the destined end. There is no other way. Our duty is to hold on to the lost position, without hope, without rescue. Like that Roman soldier whose bones were found in front of a door in Pompeii, who during the eruption of Vesuvius died at his post because they forgot to relieve him. That is greatness. That is what it means to be a thoroughbred. The honorable end is the one thing that cannot be taken from a man. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have any questions, any comments, please drop them in the comments of where it's posted or shoot me an email. Again, if there's anything that you'd like to see covered in one of these future episodes, please just reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. And um, right now I am offering a couple of spots of of personal coaching, that's coaching in general, um, but also consultation for your business or for your brand. Um, I believe in and have a calm confidence in my ability to get you where you need to go with these various things, any kind of issue you're working through uh, that I offer uh, uh, absolute zero risk guarantee on that. And if that sounds like something you might be interested in, I offer a few different levels of that. So just shoot me an email directly as a reply to one of the Power Aesthetic emails. If you're interested in supporting 
the podcast. You can click the support button on the homepage of the podcast and come on as a monthly supporter. Uh, or you can hit uh, my link tree in one of the descriptions on the Power Aesthetic Instagram or post it periodically from time to time on the Telegram and make a one-time support. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for everything. And I'll talk to you next time.